Chapter 23. It was dark and I squinted when the headlights from an oncoming car flashed into the bus. We'd found a good place for a quick dinner that was only a few miles off the highway and were now just about ready to make our way back to that humming interstate. We were supposedly in Ohio, at least according to all the signs and maps. No offense to Ohio, but it's one of those states where sometimes it's kind of hard to tell whether you're there or not. Rodeo was settling the bill and hitting the bathroom, and the rest of us were hanging out in Jaeger, ready to get back on the road. Lester, bless his soul, was saddled up in the driver's seat right telling Rodeo, after telling Rodeo, you know, I feel like driving for a while tonight. Salvador and I were sitting back on the couch, letting our stuffed belly settle. So, Salvador asked me, I think you should give your answers now. My answers to what? I asked him. To the questions, ones you asked us before you let us on. Why should I answer those? Well, we all did. You know our favorite books and places and sandwiches, and I don't know yours. All right, Mr. Salvador, fine. Favorite sandwich is definitely a BLT. It ain't fancy, but it's perfect. If you put plenty of mayo on the bread and plenty of pepper on the tomatoes, it doesn't get any better than that. Salvador curved a doubtful eyebrow at me. Okay, I mean, I'd throw away the lettuce and the tomato and just eat the bacon, but whatever. Well, then you're an idiot, Salvador Viga. It's the balance that makes it great. I don't want balance on a sandwich, weirdo. I want cheese. You're not allowed to argue with the answers. You asked me my favorite sandwich, not yours. Don't mansplain my own sandwich to me, or boysplain, I guess. What's mansplaining? Mansplaining is when a man explains something to a woman like she's an idiot when he, really he's the, the idiot. It's a thing. I read it about it in the Times. Rodeo made me read the New York Times front to back anytime we see it for sale, so I'm generally super informed about most of the important things going on in the world. It's a blessing and a curse. There are a lot of awful things going on in the world. Fine, Salvador conceded. BLT it is. Okay, best book is easy too. The one and only Ivan, hands down. Fantastic. I haven't read that one. Well, then you're gonna. Non-negotiable. I've got the book. I've got a reading light. You can start tonight. Maybe. Now, last question. Favorite place I mused, looking off into the night. Funny, as many times as we'd asked other folks that question over the years, I'd never really thought about my own answer. Several places floated right to the top of my mind. Samson Park, of course, the very place I was headed. Just picturing that place brought back all sorts of memories. Memories of laughter, of chasing, of seasons, of warm hands holding mine. But I couldn't say that one. I couldn't make my very favorite place to a pl- I couldn't make my very favorite place be a place I hadn't been to in five years, a place that was about to get bulldozed into oblivion. Too sad. I thought of my grandma's house with its cozy library and, and huge comfy couch and bunk bed in the basement. Well, it used to have a bunk bed in the basement. I guess maybe it didn't anymore. No need for it. I thought of my own bedroom in our old house, the room I'd shared with Rose, the room that had a fish tank and our scribbled pictures taped to the wall, and the giant stuffed bear in the corner. No, I couldn't pick any place that I wasn't allowed to ever go to again, and also just too sad. It was a tough question. With me and Rodeo, places weren't places we loved. They were places we just passed through and left in our rearview mirror like people. I looked up at the ceiling thinking, and then I smiled because I was looking at my answer. I'm, just, I'm not going to tell you, I said. And when Salvador opened his mouth to argue, I held up a finger and continued, I'm going to show you. Remember when you very, when you very first saw Rodeo? 
At that moment, the man himself came bounding up the bus stairs and patted Lester on the shoulder in the driver's seat and flopped down into one of the seats. I jumped up and said, Rodeo, permission for a ride in the attic? I pointed a thumb at Salvador with a wingman. Rodeo squinted out the window. I knew he was checking to make sure we were within his very strict attic rules. It's dark, I said. Pitch, and we got like five quiet miles to the highway, all on back roads. Rodeo pursed his lips, then shrugged, then flicked his chin at Salvador. Check with his mom. Tell him all the rules. Be safe. Got it. I filled Salvador in on what was going on, and his eyes lit up, and he begged his mom, and eventually got a yes. And next thing you knew, I was pulling down the rope ladder from its hooks by the hatch to the roof. It was back by the curtain to my room, and we'd painted clouds on the ceiling all around it so that when we opened it during the day, it looked like sunlight shining on a cloudy day. Keep it below 35, Lester, I heard Rodeo saying from the front as I clambered up the swinging rungs. A few clicks of the latches and then I swung the hatch open and pulled myself up onto Jaeger's roof. A second later, Salvador was beside me, looking around at the little rooftop world. I mean, there wasn't that much to see. It was pretty much just the yellow metal roof of a bus, but there was a metal railing that Rodeo had installed all around the edge, providing or proving he had at least a little more sense than he let on sometimes, and it was all lit up by stars and silver moonlight seeping down from the sky. This is cool, Salvador breathed, crawling to the edge to peek down at the ground. Yeah, this is the attic. We eat up here sometimes, or just hang out. Sometimes we even drag our blankets up and sleep out here. Beneath us, Jaeger's motor rumbled into action, and Salvador's eyes went wide. Come on, I said, and he followed me at a careful crawl up to the front of the bus. I lay down on my stomach with my fingers on the front rail, and Salvador settled in beside me. Are we, uh, are we gonna ride up here? He was acting all tough, but I smiled because I could hear the nervousness in his voice. Sure, but we never go fast, and it's only on little roads with no traffic, and it's not scary at all. You'll see. The rules are easy. No standing up. Knock three times on the roof if you want to stop. That's it. All right? Salvador breathed through his nose and nodded fast. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Obviously, I ride on the top of buses all the time. What's the big deal? He still looked scared, so I decided to share one more thing with him besides my favorite place in the whole world. I leaned in close to our faces, so our faces were almost touching, and I said, You can shout secrets. Huh? Once we're moving, with the engine roaring and the wind and everything, you can shout your secrets. Just shout them out at the world or up at the moon or into the wind, and no one will hear them. Salvador swallowed. Why would you do that? Because, because it feels good to say stuff you normally can't, to shout the truth. Sometimes I just shout names. Whose names? He asked, but he asked it quiet and serious and in a way that kind of told me he already knew the answer. Their names, I whispered. Up here, I can say them. Up here, I can shout them. Salvador nodded. So, I said, looking away from his eyes, which looked like they were very close to feeling sorry for me, which would be a broken promise. Feel free to shout a secret if you want to. No one will hear. You'll hear, Coyote. I looked back at him and grinned. Yeah, but I won't tell. He smiled back and then we started moving. Slow at first, but faster by the second. We turned out, out of, we turned out of the little diner parking lot and onto the two-lane road, and then we really started moving, and the wind pushed our hair back and blew tears into our eyes, and Salvador tightened his grip on the rail and lowered his body even further. 
35 miles an hour didn't seem like much when you're in a bus, but I'm telling you, it feels like something else altogether when you're on a bus. I turned my head to Salvador and he was smiling big, his teeth shining white in the moonlight. You gonna do it, I hollered. You first. All right, all right. That secret shout thing, that was personal. I never shared it. So yeah, I was a little nervous. Come on, Coyote, I was shaking. I never really had a friend before and I never shared my favorite place with anyone before, maybe. But both those new things felt like good new things. So I figured maybe I had room in my life for even a little more courage. I wriggled up to onto my knees, still holding the rail with both hands. The wind whipped through my hair and I narrowed my eyes against the rushing air. I looked up from the glare of the headlights to the softer light of the stars up above and I thought of my big sister, the sister who helped me learn to write my name and who let me crawl into her bed when I was scared at night. I breathed it all in, the wind, the stars, the memory, in one big breath and then I threw my head back and let it out. Ava, I shouted, Ava. I closed my eyes and thought of my little sister, the sister who loved blowing the puffy heads off dandelions but always messed up and all and called them dandy flowers, the girl who cried whenever I got in trouble, even if she was the one who told on me, and I sucked in another breath and then let it out too. Rose, I hollered into the darkness, into the world, into my memories. Rose, I didn't even have to try to remember my mom, didn't have to work up to bring up a memory of her. She was always there smiling, waiting. I could feel her fingers on my forehead, brushing my hair out of my eyes and tucking it behind my ears. Mom, I yelled, pushing past the break in my voice. I love you, Mom. My chin dropped to my chest and I knelt there, my eyes closed and my lungs heaving. There was a stirring beside me and I knew Salvador was pulling himself up onto his knees. He knelt next to me for a second and then his shout rang out over the wind. I act tough, he yelled, but I'm afraid almost all the time. Whoa, that was a good one, a big one. Salvador wasn't playing around with this secret shouting thing. I opened my eyes just as Salvador turned to look at me. His eyes were big, his mouth open, his t-shirt whipping around his body. There were tears in his eyes, but that could have just been the wind. I had tears in my eyes too, but that could have just been the wind too. We both looked so darn serious, shouting on our knees into the night on top of a moving bus. Every once in a while in life, you kind of zoom out and see what you must look like from outside your body. We looked ridiculous. I mean, we looked awesome, but also ridiculous. I laughed, a big guffawing sort of laugh. Salvador's eyebrows dropped for a second, but I think he realized pretty quick that I wasn't laughing at him or his secret. Then he laughed too, a real wide-mouthed, shoulder-shaking sort of laugh. He leaned over, bumping me in the shoulder. I bumped him back. We both faced back toward the front. I miss my family, I shouted at the road up ahead. Sometimes I cry at night when my mom's asleep, Salvador screamed. Our shoulders were pressed together. I want to go home, I hollered. I miss my friends, Salvador shouted. I don't have any friends. Oops, my mouth snapped shut. I hadn't planned on sharing that secret. I may have gotten a little carried away. Salvador's head turned toward me, but I kept my eyes straight ahead. He looked at me for a second, then he looked forward again, and then he shouted, I really want Coyote to be my friend. My throat went tight and my stomach went all topsy-turvy. I blinked extra hard. Salvador waited, then looked into my face. I had a hard time meeting his eyes. So, he shouted right into my face like I couldn't hear him, and then he added, Will you? And I laughed, and then I screamed right back into his face, Well, I won't not be your friend. And he laughed too, and then he yelled into my face, Good enough. 
and we both laughed and dropped back onto our stomachs and then somehow, without saying anything, we both rolled over onto our backs and lay there, looking up at the starry sky. Thank you, Salvador said in a not shouting voice, his eyes still on the sky, and I wasn't even sure what he was thanking me for, but I wasn't raised in a barn, so I just said, you're welcome. But then that felt weird, so I also said, thank you, and he said, no problem. He's all right, that Salvador, more than all right, maybe. But, but the next day, I had to say goodbye to him forever.